Hello, and thank you for listening to today's episode of JTCast, the official podcast of the Journal of Athletic Training. I'm your host, Luke Donovan. For the second episode of the month, I will discuss another article from the upcoming issue of JET titled Training Load, Injury Burden, and Team Success in Professional Rugby Union, Risk versus Reward by Dr. Stephen West and colleagues from the University of Bath and the Rugby Football Union, both of which are located in the United Kingdom. As a reminder, the article discussed today can be found on the JET website, natajournals.org. And please remember that all content from JET is open access to all readers thanks to the funding from the National Athletic Trainers Association. First step, surveying the scene. In the previous episode of the month, we discussed the findings of a study that examined the training load and recovery during a pre-Olympic season in elite-level rhythmic gymnasts. The primary findings of this study were that training loads were variable over the course of the season and that during nearly half of the season, athletes reported being under-recovered, suggesting that proper distribution of training, especially near competition, is critical for recovery. For today's episode, we will continue to discuss training loads, but also explore injury burden and team success and whether a relationship exists between the variables. Given the ability to monitor athletes' training loads, injury status, and performance, numerous studies continue to emerge. Despite the increases in studies, the true interaction between training, injury, and performance remains unclear. Moreover, previous researchers in this area often considered load, injury, and performance separately. Therefore, the purpose of the study was to establish whether associations among training load, injury burden, and performance exist within rugby union and how the three areas interact if associations do exist. Overall, the goal of the study was to identify the balance between minimizing injury risk and maximizing performance potential. Data were collected from 13 premiership rugby clubs over the two seasons. Individual load and injury data were captured for 433 and 569 players in each respective season. Injury data was obtained as part of the Professional Rugby Injury Surveillance Project. Using an online data platform, medical professionals from each club tracked the number of injuries that resulted in a minimum of 24 hours time loss. Injury burden was then calculated from the number of days absent per 1,000 hours of exposure. Training load data was captured after every training and competition session using the session rating of perceived exertion, also known as RPE. After each session, each player was instructed to rate their perceived session exertion on a scale from 1 being very, very easy to 10 being maximum effort. The RPE was then multiplied by the total duration of the session to represent the session training load. A weekly acute training load, chronic training load, an acute to chronic training load ratio were calculating using the session training loads. To quantify performance, each weekly game was given a match difficulty index. Match difficulty index was calculated from a variety of fixed and dynamic variables. Fixed variables being opposition rank in the previous season, match location, days of turnaround, and dynamic factors being opposition rank in the current season, difference in league position, and team form. Let's discuss the results. The mean squad size was 57 players, and the mean percentage availability was 85%, meaning that on average, teams had 48 players eligible for analysis on any given week. The mean weekly injury burden was 84 days, and the mean performance score was 5 arbitrary units. 
a trivial or non-statistically significant association between squad size and player availability and performance was observed. Moreover, training load measures demonstrated only trivial associations with performance. Injury burden was negatively associated with performance, with a high weekly burden associated with a likely harmful decrease in performance by 18 arbitrary units. Only the acute to chronic workload ratio measure was clearly associated with injury burden, with a possible harmful effect of a 25-unit increase in injury burden. Also, and irrespective of the training load measure used, the lowest injury burden category was associated with the highest performance. Overall, what the findings of this study show are that despite no association between average training load and performance, associations between training load and injury burden and between injury burden and performance were clear among athletes within the professional rugby union. Efforts to reduce injury burden through injury prevention programs or altering training loads by avoiding spikes in training may translate to improved team performance. Future investigations using individualized measures of load, performance, and injury may elicit a clearer relationship. Well, that's it for today's JT Cast. Please remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast, which is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Stitcher. You can find out more information about upcoming podcasts and other JAT events on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts at JAT underscore NATA. Thank you for listening and keep a lookout for next month's JAT cast. Mm-hmm.